I am Raymond Posh, and welcome to New Ways of Being podcast. This is episode five, and today I will be talking about stories of awakening. Some will be about my own awakening experiences, which I didn't really cover in episode three under my stories, um, because I knew I, wa- I wanted to uh, take the time to, to talk about it later. Uh, but I will also uh, talk today about uh, awakening experiences of other people. And uh, most of those people that I will be talking about have been guests on my podcasts. And the purpose of this episode today is to give you examples of awakening, you know, and, and what it is and, and how it happens so that you can relate to those examples. And I'm sure that many of you listening have had your own stories of awakening, and I would love to hear those. Um, And if you would like to share them, please reach out to me um, on my website, um, or and there there I give my uh, email address, so you can uh, contact me by email, or you can respond in other ways, which I'll mention at the end. So let me begin by talking about uh, my stories of awakening to date. And um, I am a case where um, I have had stepwise awakening experiences, um, some which were big insights, and um, some that uh, took different forms and, and may have had uh, greater um, influence on my level of awareness or consciousness. So let me go through these, um, and I'll do that fairly quickly. But I do want to give you a, a feel for what happened to me. And one of the first ones that I really uh, recall was a uh, what I would call a Kundalini experience. And uh, I think that happened in 1998. Uh, I had some um, issues in a in a work experience where the owner of the company uh, treated me in some very uh, unprofessional uh, ways and uh, and upset me quite a lot. And that prompted me to go seek out a coach to help me. Um, kind of get beyond that. And uh, I knew at that point that I wanted to explore spirituality and awakening at a a deeper level. So um, I found a coach and he was very focused on energy and uh, chakra energy. And so he worked with me on chakra exercises and re- reading my level of energy and uh, opening of the chakras. Um, and I, I found that very interesting and, and a very good experience. Um, I do recall him telling me that the way he uh, could read my energy levels was by feeling in feeling them in his own body. And... Um, 
uh, that was something very foreign to me. I, you know, I did not know how he did that. Um, but at any rate, I uh, practiced those sh chakra exercises. They were, uh, you know, kind of eye-opening in a way. And <clears throat> one day it, it reached a level which, where I think it was a true Kundalini experience. I felt huge energy rushing up my spine and, and through my energy system. <clears throat> Pardon me. And um, it was really uh, noticeable. Um, and um, it, you know, I just, it was profound enough that I, I realized afterwards that uh, after I kind of calmed down and, and uh, you know, you know, what I felt was the energy, but it, um, you know, as that energy raises, it, it influences your experience in multiple ways, and that's that's what happened to me. I did notice afterwards that um, my senses seemed to be heightened. I was kind of seeing the world in a new way. Um, a little, uh, I'd say more aware of energy in me and around me. And I don't know how long that lasted. Um, I don't think it was a, a long time, but, um, so it, you know, it wasn't a major awakening in terms of changing me profoundly, but it did, as I said, open my eyes um, to uh, realizing there are new and different ways to experience my body and to experience life. Um, so that was notable to me. And then there was, a, in 2007, I think it was, I had the experience which I mentioned in episode three, um, that was the oneness blessing I received the oneness blessing. It was like, I think it can be compared to Reiki, um, but because I felt the energy flowing through me from, you know, I it was like I envisioned a ball of energy above my head and then flowing down through my body. And it was, in that particular case, it was initiated by a diksha giver someone who was trained in oneness blessings in India. And um, that probably had an even more profound effect. Uh, it was kind of, I suppose energy wise, it might've been similar to the Kundalini, but it was also different. And, you know, I felt this great warmth going down my body and uh, staying in my body for a period of time before it faded out. And it triggered um, other experiences, which I talked about in episode three. Uh, you know, I, I, somebody, a non-believer would say it was, you know, delusionary. I experienced people being with me that weren't physically there. I experienced seeing the universe in a different way. And, um, but I believe it did really activate a oneness state in me that um, I did notice 
you know, distinctly for a long period of time. And, I, and it may have actually been permanent. Uh, you know, I think it probably was permanent. Um, you know, I, I would still say I have a very strong sense of oneness. And I think I have continuously since that time. And I also had a <clears throat> quieter state of mind uh, after that experience. And I think that was uh, for a large part permanent as well. You know, I not to it was not total in effect. I mean, I still could have very active mind and be thinking uh, many thoughts, but I, uh, I think I was more, I was quieter, quieter, quieter mind overall. So, but let me go on. Uh, the next experience that felt like something significant to me uh, in a, a way I'd say it was more than just an insight, but let me describe it to you. So at that point in time, it actually started in um, 2001. I started doing walking every morning with uh, my one or more of my dogs and um, for, for exercise, 30 to 40 minute walk, very brisk. And my first primary goal was to get exercise on a daily basis. But it didn't take me long to realize that I, uh, I could contemplate spiritual things while I was walking. And after a period of time that, that became where, you know, to, to the point where I could enter a meditative state while I was walking and having my eyes open, of course. Um, and um, at the time, I was studying uh, Deepak Chopra's book called The Seven Spiritual Laws of Success. And um, in that book, as I recall, the first law that he talked about was the law of pure potentiality. And that is, it was talking about knowing that uh, we have access to potential and, and what he called pure potential or pure potentiality in, um, through our consciousness. And so I, at one, at one point, I thought, well, I wonder, can I experience that directly? And so while I was walking, I, I said, I intend to feel pure potentiality. And uh, I don't think I could tell you exactly how I did it, but I, I felt a, a strong shift in, in my energy and in my state of being, my, my state of consciousness into more a pure potentiality state, you know, being aware that uh, we have the power to tap into uh, many possibilities and to experience, you know, there could be infinite 
uh, possibilities that c- could happen for us if we could use our consciousness in the right way. And so I felt it more as a, as a physical effect initially. And uh, I think as time went on, I felt uh, more awareness as well. And I think that happened in 2007 as well. Um, and, you know, kind of continuing on from, from that, um, on another occasion, and I think it might have been in 2008, um, or it might have still been in 2007. But at any rate, uh, I think I still had been contemplating seven spiritual choices um, that Chopra talked about. And I would contemplate, you know, one particular law. Uh, he talked about the seven laws of uh, of spiritual success. Uh, usually, I'd think about one law at a time. You know, that 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 particular day, and maybe the next day, I'd think about a different law. And it suddenly came to me, kind of like out of the blue, to. Uh, to develop seven spiritual choices for success and experience those. And as I began to do that, I think actually initially I was actually channeling from probably my higher self um, ideas about those seven spiritual choices. And and the first one was very strong, very clear that the first choice must be the choice of life. Um, And so as I contemplated into that, I, you know, at first it struck me as very strange. I mean, I had never thought about that before. Um, But as I contemplated it, I had these realizations about what it meant and and I realized how true and how important it was that that be the first choice and then I the other six choices came to me and in in a particular order and I would say you know it's kind of combination of channeling those and and my own thinking about them um, in terms of thought, you know, ch- channeling doesn't come to you in in thought. It comes to you in terms of received knowledge. And, uh, and then you, uh, once it's received, you can think about it, but it's, you know, so thinking and channeling are two very different things. So I think for me, it was probably a combination of the two. And, uh, but as I, uh, as those formed up for me, which only took a few days, a week at the most, and I, then I began having a spiritual practice of thinking about either one or all of those choices in one of my walks. And of course, I, there was, I felt a steady increase of awareness of what those choices meant and how they had a power 
to influence me. And, you know, and if I were to share them with others um, to have an impact on others. But it was a steady expansion of awareness and and that new experience of of channeling the, the choice of life and realizing how powerful that was. That, that was just almost profound to me. And um, doing that on a daily basis, you know, contemplating the seven spiritual choices was uh, very influential on me. It had, I felt a lot of spiritual development in during that time. <clears throat> now, later, something else happened to me in 2010. I, uh, you know, and during that, during uh, the night, the late nineties and, uh, you know, all through the two thousands, I was really still doing a lot of spiritual exploration. And um, I discovered um, a, a product that was a set of CDs from a woman named Asara Lovejoy. And uh, it was called the one command. But from that, I learned how to quickly go into a theta state of awareness. Now, in my morning, in my meditative walks, I had learned to go into an alpha state very quickly. And in fact, contemplating or uh, choosing pure potentiality as a state of being definitely shifted me into an alpha state of mind. Um, but so I learned to do that to shift into a theta state of awareness. And that is, is at a higher level than any other, uh, uh, what's the word, uh, mind, you know, uh, wave. Uh, I don't think I'm coming up with the right word, but, you know, there's, there's beta and there's alpha and there's theta and there's delta. And uh, those can be detected dete detected by a um, I'm drawing a complete black on the blank on the name of the the device, but uh, it measures your brain waves. Um, so all right, so that was theta state awareness. Going on, I um, took a course from Craig Hamilton who's um, known as a meditation teacher, but, uh, and I took a meditation course from him and I took um, several more courses. One of those was called the practice of direct awakening. And uh, through that, I learned to do certain things that move me steadily towards awakening. And the practice of direct awakening means that, you know, most people view awakening as you do spiritual practice and if you do it enough or do it right or something triggers, you'll have an awakening. Well, practice of direct awakening is says that if you do certain things in meditation, it will help help you awaken directly, not indirectly. 
And so I, I finally, you know, one of the things he taught is that you can choose to awaken. That was the whole goal of the practice of direct awakening, that you don't have to wait for some random thing to happen. You can choose. And if you consciously choose from um, a state of awareness that comes from learning and meditation, you can awaken. And I did experience what I felt was really a first real awakening. I felt, you know, I, and what he taught was step, step into the part of you that is already, already meditating, already awake and, uh, and experience that. And I did, and it was pretty profound. It was, I was suddenly seeing the world, and feeling the world and experiencing the world in a new way. Uh, I was more aware of the world around me, uh, of perceiving the world in a different way. Aware that there is an aliveness, like in nature, but actually in everything in the physical world, that we can experience on a different different level as we awaken, and and that was happening to me. Um, also, uh, let's see what was the cause of this one here. I have to think just a moment. I think I think uh, in the in the in the spiritual exploration work that I was doing and the spiritual practices that I were was doing. Um, I began to choose to experience, for example, unconditional love more of the time and to really step into that. And as you, as you do that, you know, and, and if really commit to it, wow, you begin to feel pure love in your body, in your mind, in your spirit, and that affects your awareness of life. And also, I was uh, seeking to understand wholeness at that time as well. And I, I um, achieved an awakening to wholeness. In fact, I subsequently wrote a book about that. And with that title, Awakening to Wholeness, I realize now it was only partial that there is a deeper level of wholeness to be achieved. But that that was um, a big awakening for me in terms of insights, in terms of ex- experiencing life in a, uh, you know, from a level of higher awareness. And exper- what happens is as you expand your awareness and your consciousness, you experience life in new ways. You experience, you become more aware of things in yourself and in the world around you. And so I was experiencing that. And also, one of the things that Craig Hamilton taught was 
uh, you know, to keep doing that practice of direct awakening to the point that you become clearly aware of awareness itself. And, um, and I achieved that. Uh, and that's a, a big step forward. You can become aware of awareness itself, I would say, in you. But what I learned was if you try to locate awareness, you discover that uh, it's not necessarily in you, not in your body, not in your mind, uh, in something outside. And in fact, uh, awareness, I believe, and came to understand from that was that awareness comes from divinity, from the infinite intelligence of the universe, from God, whatever you want to call it. And so that as you step more and more into that level of awareness, you open more to a connection to your soul and to the divine, to God. And um, it definitely helps to awaken to presence. I think about the same time I had studied the Power of Now book by Eckhart Tolle. And so uh, from that book, I was um, stepping more into presence. And so that all was coming together for me. And one of the things I recall being very struck by is one day I was thinking of being in a state of grace and allowing grace to work through me. And I guess I would define grace as it's a state of being, you know, which is also a state of awareness, I would say. Um, a state of being in which you allow, it's, it's, a, it's a surrendering to God, if you will. Surrender to this, to the higher power and let it do more for me and through me and, and as me. And so I was beginning to experience grace in which the flow of life seemed, began to seem easier. Uh, um, You know, synchronicities might open up more. Um, I can't particularly recall one right at the moment, but um, but there's just a flow, you know, a grace in life that makes life feel like less of a struggle. That it's more for me, not not happening to me. And that's a very important level of awakening, is to realize that life is happening for you. It's teaching you lessons, perhaps, that maybe you'd rather not be learning, but you, there are lessons you need to learn for some reason. And uh, and so I was experiencing that. And uh, But uh, you become aware that life happens for you, not to you. The, the, it happens to you level of awareness is victimhood. That's when you think everything is happening to you. You have 
you want to control your life, but you can't. And you call things that are happening maybe bad things or good things. But um, um, so all of those things were happening to me. That was around 2017. And then um, in, in 2018, I read a book that um, is called the uh, called a course of love and it's a follow-on to a course in miracles channeled from jesus and um and so a course of love the person purpose of that the, the purpose of a course in miracles i you know just kind of off the top of my head i would say is to help you see that uh, the mind and ego uh, run you, run your life for most people, and that you need to become more aware of the mind and to shift out of thought into awareness. Uh, and you need to be able to do that if you want to work miracles in any form. The purpose of a course of love was to uh, help one realize the power of love, that it's a new, much higher way of being. And I've talked about this in my podcast episodes for years. But uh, when you're stuck in the mind and it you're, you're subject to the mind, uh, you are completely separated from your uh, true self your true self is pure awareness pure consciousness uh, that's that's what spirit is it's consciousness and um so the book was to help shift to pure love and but also in the book Jesus has talked about um, activating the union of heart and mind. And he said at the beginning, if simply by reading this book, if you read it with some level of consciousness, um, it will help you have a union of heart and mind. And that then helps you step to a higher level of beingness. And um, and by the way, I use the term activation. I've just not too long ago. I've for some time I've for, for several years I've been hearing the term activation being used by some spiritual teachers and I kind of had a rough sense of what that meant. But I I now real realize that um uh, like where information is channeled from a higher source that that they can embed the energy of activation to a certain level or uh, state of beingness uh, when that, you know, is read, that material is read or listened to and um, so that's that was what was happening there. That book was intended to activate uh, 
people. And one of the things that activated in me as well was that uh, uh, in a later part of that book, it came to a point where uh, God or Jesus invited me to choose uh, what he called Christ self over the ego self. You know, pure personality, mind-driven self, which is based in separation and very disconnected from um, infinite intelligence or or uh, the the one consciousness of the universe, and um, and I stepped into that and committed to that. Now I, I wasn't hundred percent clear as you know is is the Christ self exactly the same as my soul? Well, I think it it is, but it's the soul enlightened by what. Uh, happened to Jesus in his life on earth that he 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 awakened in his life and experienced the union of the divine with the human within his self and because that is a kind of a template it becomes available to all subsequent human beings and so that's what is meant by Christ or Christ's self. It is an awakened level of consciousness and um, and turning away from ego to soul. So I experienced that. And it so happened at that point in time, I was um, having a lot of financial difficulty and I would be waking up in the middle of the night in a state of panic of, you know, what am I going to do to with this huge debt I had accumulated in my business things that I was trying were not working. And um, so up until that point, and then when I made that choice and shifted to a stronger connection to my soul or perhaps a a pure connection to my soul, my fear mostly faded away. In some ways I would say completely, but, and I stopped waking up in panic and I knew that I, I could um, clean up my finances and take care of that. And, so I stepped into that. So, so a state of grace was beginning to flow more through me. Uh, but that book activated um, that shift out of ego. So uh, very powerful. Um, more recently, I've had activation by reading another book. The book was called Awake, the Yoga of Pure Awareness. And it was written by Swami Nityananda, uh, who was one of my guests on our Spiritual Life podcast. And in reading that, it awakened a higher level of pure love and pure light uh, in me. And um, I, I experienced 
pure love in a probably a more a constant way. And I, I had really not thought about pure light uh, up until then. And I began experiencing what pure light feels like. Uh, this year, I've been reading a, a book called The uh, Wisdom of the Council, a channel book from Sarah Landon. And, um, and I think that book activated um, and I had to, you know, you had, I had to choose to do it, but I chose to experience heaven on earth as, as a state of consciousness within myself. It's obviously not, uh, universal <laughs> on the planet. I can only begin to experience it inside of myself. And I quickly began to experience that it's, uh, again, it's, a it's in, it involves more flow of grace. It's uh, a very powerful state of consciousness. I would, would recommend it to anyone. And I'm going to be talking about that in multiple future episodes. All right. So um, <clears throat> that kind of gives you a sense, but you can see that I've, I never had a profound awakening uh, like in one big event that changed me totally all at once. For me, it was steps and stages over time. And I think that's true for, for most people. That's the way they experience awakening. Well, let me go on. Uh, I'll try to speed this up a bit. Um, I do want to mention that uh, I've learned that there is a distinct distinction between spirituality versus consciousness. And uh, in fact, that, that book, The uh, Wisdom of the Council, talked about it, talked about the third dimension as being the dimension of uh, separation. We believe, everyone believes we're separate from everyone else, we're separate from God, and that drives, drives our whole mental uh, programming, and it's basically the state of the world currently as a whole. But many people have stepped into uh, the, the fourth dimension, which is the dimension of tr transformation. And that's usually triggered by a desire to uh, develop more spiritually, to, you know, to explore spirituality, to experience yourself uh, in new ways and, and uh, gaining empowerment from that. And the fifth dimension, and until I read the book, I did when people talked about third dimension or fifth dimension, I, what are you talking about? Why are you using those terms? And but it, at any rate, fifth dimension is the dimension of consciousness that you step beyond transformation into becoming more conscious, more aware, more alive. Uh more connected to the whole of the universe, to the whole of divinity, etc. So um, that will play into new ways of being as we we go forward. But now let me try to quickly share with you some stories about other people. Uh, I'm not going to go into these. These aren't my personal experiences. Um, 
all but the first two people uh, will be our, our people I have had on as guests. Um, that was mostly with our Spiritual Life podcast. Uh, uh, one or two of those might be with the um, a New Ways of Being podcast. But I'm going to start with two that have not been guests of mine yet. I would love for that to happen. The first is Eckhart Tolle. And of course, many of you will already know, not only is he a famous spiritual teacher and author of the book Power of Now, and he teaches the power of presence, uh, but um, he's one person who experienced a full awakening to a very deep, profound level, basically all at once. And he describes it in his book, uh, you know, basically, he, uh, I think, I'm not sure whether he he was born in Germany or, or in uh, England, but he was, uh, like, in his 20s or 30s, he was living in London, and he basically said that he hated his life, he despised himself, he didn't see the purpose of life. And he, I had moments of dis, total despair over that and, and probably suicidal thoughts. And it finally came to a, uh, to a, um, a, a juncture where, you know, he was, he, he was wanting to choose to, to die, to end it all. And uh, in the process of that, he asked himself a certain question and I forgot off the top of my head what that was, but it made him realize in the, the way he asked the question, he said, is there one of me or two of me? And in that instance, in that instant, this awakening happened to him, which was a huge flow of, energy and information and insight. And, uh, you know, I think he said he experienced it like an explosion in a way within, within himself. Um, and, but then the result was he suddenly saw the, the world in a totally different way. And he realized the state of total bliss, total peace. And it was so profound. That's all he wanted to experience. And he said that he sat on a park bench, basically most of the time for the next two years, he lost his job. You know, he had nothing. He had no home. Uh, you know, he was homeless. He, but he, he sat on the bench and was in a state of bliss for two years. And then it came to a point where I think he began to experience a calling to re-enter the world. And as he did so, people were asking him to help them experience the kind of bliss that he had. And he began to see, oh, I'm being called to be a spiritual teacher. And that's what he did. Now, I was going to read from the book. Um, I'm not going to read now. I took more time on my stories than I have, had planned to. <laughs> um, 
uh, there's some things in there that I, uh, you know, uh, he 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 defined you know when we talk when I talk about awakening, uh, there's another common term used that's a light enlightenment, and he defined enlightenment as rising above thought, not falling back to a level below thought, the level of an animal or a plant, and in the enlightened state, you still use your thinking mind, but only when needed. And he goes on to, to uh, explain that. And there's some more in this book that I'll want to share. So I'll, I'm going to come back to that later. Um, I am going to tell you that I will be, I created a um, audio guided meditation on presence, uh, awakening to presence. And that's stepping into presence like I, uh, well, that that he def he describes in his book, and he kind of he has this meditation, and I take that, and I've, I've adapted it, and um, and I'm gonna be offering it very soon as a free guided meditation that you can download from my website. You just need to sign up for my mailing list, which will just be, will be a high quality mailing list to offer, uh, you know, tell you about my blog, uh, blog posts and my podcast episodes and um, that kind of thing. Um, so sign up and you'll get the free uh, download. And I'll give you more information at the end. The next example I'm going to use is Sarah Landon. She's the channeler of the Council on Earth, or Council of Earth, and she uh, authored the book, The Wisdom of the Council, but that's all channeled information. And her awakening happened in a pretty interesting way. Um, she first, the first thing that happened to her that kind of awakened her to, whoa, there's more to this universe than I realize is when her brother had died and she went to his his funeral or service, and at at that he contacted her, told her he was there, and uh, that was a profound experience to her. And she, you know, mentally, she asked him a couple of questions that uh, that that he answered, and um, but subsequent to that. She began, uh, I think she, if I'm remembering correctly, she, uh, she somehow she ended up in a session of uh, quantum healing hypnosis technique that someone told her that she should do. And she, uh, and that person was a medium, I think, and she sat in this, and uh, and then all this information became began coming to her from some entity or entities that she didn't know, you know, where, where they were, but they were somewhere in that out in the universe. They were talking to her and sharing information, 
And uh, she subsequently took more of that type of training, QHHT, um, and uh, and in the process of that, that she realized that uh, that that whole channeling continued. That helped her begin to awaken that there's a greater reality uh, that she had a purpose as a channeler, and uh, and and that led to what she does and led to two books that she's now written and produced and um um and also the council i've noticed don't use the term awakening they use the term realization and that is for you to realize who you really are and to step into that realization uh but uh it's it's realizing that you are God, you are the one consciousness of the universe expressing itself in physical form as an individual. And um, so they, they call it realization. But let me go on. Uh, another person, uh, Seth Dietlin, I've had him as a guest on both Our Spiritual Life and New Ways of Being. He did this fantastic episode with me on episode four on uh, channeled teachings. What happened to him is he got to a point in his life. He was, I think he was a real estate salesman and doing well, but um, he realized that, uh, you know, that he really wasn't satisfied with life and that there had to be more to life. And uh, I don't know, he, he, things began to fall apart for him. I think he went through a divorce Um and um, and that that kind of reached a crisis point where he asked God, you know, I don't, I don't know, I don't see what the point is in my life, and he asked God to end his life, and and take him. Uh, and I don't think he had particularly even believed in God prior to that, but he was asking God. And uh, what happened was God didn't take his life. And angels began to speak to him, and um, and then he developed a, this ability to channel more by taking quantum healing hypnosis technique training, and now he's doing channeling for people, kind of as a coach, but helping them solve their problems and getting channeled guidance of how to do that. Um, the next person i'd like to mention is Susanna kennedy she was a guest on our spiritual life she's an ascension coach who helps people transform their lives in multiple ways but to helps them awaken that's i guess what an ascension coach does and what happened to her is she in a very similar way to seth she had this deep longing for uh to change her life for it to, to be better, to be uh, just, she, she felt dissatisfied with life. And she had this profound awakening experience that occurred to her where she downloaded this huge amount of insight information, uh, you know, teaching her basically all at once in this 
huge awakening. It wasn't stepwise. It was one of those big all at once awakenings of um, how to, to do healing of ourself and other people with quantum energy and in helping people uh, detoxify uh, blockages in their life and, you know, emotional issues uh, that they've always stored up. And she came to call that uh, her reality crafting 5.0 consciousness technology. And that's what she uses at her, as her branding or marketing name or term. And, um, but at any rate, she said that it, it, that, Awakening changed her totally, changed her and her life totally. She suddenly knew she had to change her. She said she changed everything in her life. And and she knew she was being called to be that kind of coach for others. Coot Blackson is another person I had uh, as a guest on Our Spiritual Life quite some time ago, back in 2022, I think it was. Oops. Um, he was born in Ghana, and he's the author of the book, The Imag Magic of Surrender. And um, he uh, is a person who decided he wanted to be a spiritual teacher, and he wanted to do it in America, and uh, after he had, you know, come of age and um, but he had some very unique experiences in Ghana because his father was a minister of a bunch of churches. And uh, at any rate, he came to the U.S. He went through a process, you know, of trying to become a spiritual teacher and to do what he wanted to do. And it was all a struggle and difficult it was it happening for him and this went on for a year or two i i don't know, recall how long now i've in addition to t talking to him directly i uh read his book um but he got to a point where it was he finally said god i surrender i let go i let i'm gonna let you help me i, I can't do this by myself and um, in his book, he had the statement that I, I want to quote here. He said, our nature is to love. You know, when you surrender enough to God, you know that love is, God is love. That we are love in our nature. So he said, our nature is to love. We have just gotten conditioned out of it. The purpose of life is to return to the love that we are, to share it each and every day with no need for it to be returned, no need for others to be a certain way before we give it to them, love, and uh, and much more. And there's another excerpt that I was going to read, uh, but I don't believe I have time.
Okay. Okay. Well, I'm not, so I'm not going to, not going to read that, but um, uh, I'm going to share some of that more. In fact, I'm thinking about having Coot uh, on as a guest again under uh, new ways of being probably sometime in the near future, if I can get him to do so. He's a very popular speaker now. Uh, another guest was uh, Roxanne Chaput, and uh, she's a shaman, healer, spiritual guide, and coach. Um, and what happened to her, I recall her telling me, and she probably talked about it um, in the episode we recorded, that um, what she... What, she she began ha to have people uh, she knew at a very early age that she was a going needed to be a healer and uh that she had a calling to help people get in touch with their own souls and um she had uh, had um, indigenous ancestry she was of that descent um and she described uh, to me an event that happened to her at when she was a teenager, I believe she said, and when she went out into a, to this uh, spot in nature on a huge rock. And she knew it was a, a, a place of energy and, and power. And uh, while she was there meditating, this awakening happened to her telling her you must be a shaman an energy healer and uh, i think to some extent it was informing her how to to go about doing that but that was her big awakening event of how that happened uh she i think she had much other you know later occurrences that that happened but uh i'm going to go on Another example is uh, Patricia Albert. She was a guest on Our Spiritual Life. She's the author of Evolutionary Relationships. She is someone who was got into spirituality very early. She was a spiritual coach for many years. and um, But she had this incredible experience that happened to her where she met this man, and she was actually at the time married to someone else, but she uh, not only fell in love with that person on a romantic level, but somehow there was this very powerful calling happening to both of them simultaneously to awaken together mutually. And uh, and that was a, per, a lover that she said was Peter, um, and um, and that awakening turned into this continuous state of being that was something very beyond any normal awakening or or being that she had ever experienced before. Uh, she was not aware that of anyone else that she knew or knew of, uh, of having this kind of experience, but both she and Peter entered this deep unity state of being 
that lasted for uh, quite a period. I, if I'm remembering correctly, I think it was four years, and then he died of a very serious disease. Uh, but this was an exper was a level of consciousness or beingness where they could basically read each other's minds. They experienced. Uh, they they could experience themselves as individuals, but they also experience themselves as a unity. Um, so it's kind of, I guess, hard to explain, but um, that had such a profound effect on her that uh, later she formed an organization called Evolutionary Collective. And she does, uh, she teaches other people how to um Go through, go into this process of mutual awakening, and into this advanced state of unitive consciousness. And um, uh, I've not gone through that myself. I would love to do that, but I've not done that yet. It would, you know, I would say it would definitely change the world if that unitive consciousness would expand in in big ways and we have the potential to be able to do that uh okay i'm gonna do just two more um joshua bloom was a guest on our spiritual life uh he will be uh upcoming on new ways of being and um i think that will probably air in january but he, um, what he does is he shows, he helps people through energy healing work um, to, you know, solve uh, health problems and uh, mental state problems and, you know, like anxiety or, um, but he, he helps people, he became aware himself that, um and he learned how to, and I think it was by exploration, spiritual exploration. It didn't download all at once. It, it was more like my experience of stepwise over time, over years. But he learned to step fully into the quantum field by, uh, by being, by manipulating the energy in your body. And uh, he discovered that the body is a is a natural connection to the quantum field, as is um, subconsciousness. Um, and uh, but by doing that, we can connect to spirit. Uh, you know, the the quantum field. You know, he says. Being in your body is being in the quantum field. It's a pathway to, to the quantum field. And you can also call the quantum field God or spirit. Um, so that is very powerful. And he, he comes at it uh, a slightly different way than other energy healers do. And, um, so there will be more coming on that when he's on that next episode. Um, 
uh, I'll just give, I'm going to give one more example. Um, well, maybe I'll give two. <laughs> uh, Michael McGinnis was a guest on Our Spiritual Life, and he authored the books, The Essential Revolution and The Invitation. And, um, you know, he went through some transformational experiences in his 20s. Um, and much later, I think in his 30s or 40s, he was living in Costa Rica and um, lots of bad things were happening to him. He got into a suicidal depression and all of a sudden that came to a point where he had this event of awakening happen to him. He described it as heart expanding and um, and it can, I think it continued on for a time and it, he reached what he called self-realization um you know knowing that he is one with god and um and god called him to write multiple novels about individual awakening and the great awakening and what's unusual about him is that you know he said no i'm i i'm not a writer i i don't know how to write a novel but god said you can do this, and he uh, he began downloading these sto the stories for the the book, you know, the first book and then the second book, and uh, Mike said he experienced him much like a video, you know, he could see what was happening, and then from that he was able to translate that into a written novel, so something. Uh, you know, something, a, a total different way of awakening. The, uh, the last example I'm going to give is Theodora Izzard. She is an, an upcoming guest on uh, New Waves of Being. In fact, I believe she'll be the, the, the next episode. And um, she had uh, an extreme crisis in her life, uh, addictions, um, you know, being very unhappy with life, things not working for her. And, um, but she reached a point where she kind of made a decision. She had to, she wanted to never be sad again. She wanted to experience life in a new way. And um, she had this, she was contacted by her dead father and the experience, experience that she could do that that she could talk to her dead father was an awakening and she went out and sought psychic training and medium training and um and then she went to uh, attended a retreat in india that and she experienced huge shifts and i think it was just a one-week retreat but and but in that process, she experienced a, a direct connection to God that was very powerful. You know, she experienced God as total bliss. And um, and that same week, I believe she experienced the healing power of trees, and she experienced a, other people there at that retreat coming to her, and somehow knowing that she was a healer and asking her for help and she healed them 
so she totally at that point realized that she is added this healing power that was uh, that she didn't know she had and um and also after that she learned reiki as well so she became an energy healer and uh, that's what she does but so from these examples you know here are the conclusions that i would come to that I'd kind of want you to realize uh, awakening or shifting into new ways of being can take many different forms. Uh, they can be sudden and big and very powerful, you know, a major shift in your very being, or they can be stepwise like for me over long periods of time, or they might be some combination of that. Uh, they can be brought about, these awakenings brought about or triggered in many different ways. Uh, although a, some kind of personal crisis is very often what causes one to seek out a new way of being and, and maybe even trigger this awakening uh, to happen in, in a powerful way. Uh, they can involve changes in consciousness of many different types and leading to many different kinds of life changes as a result. And I'd say that there are, there are many different paths to awakening. Uh, and, but very often these days, you know, and certainly the people I've met and interacted with, the awakened person seeks to be of service as a result of their inner changes and, and seeing life in new ways. Okay, uh, before I conclude, if you haven't already, please check out New Ways of Being and what I'm doing. And you can do that at my podcast website, which is www dot new ways of being dot world and www is required by the way uh and that takes you to my podcast website and you can uh listen to the uh, uh to the audios of those episodes i've published or you can um link to my videos and by the way Great new episodes will be coming out every two weeks. And um, I do have a Raymond Posh YouTube channel. And by the way, Posh is spelled P-O-S-C-H. Um, but you can go to that and see the videos of the episodes. Um, you could go to RaymondPosh.com, which is my website. Um, and you can see more information about myself and, uh, what I'm doing kind of in conjunction with the podcast. And I'm going to be trying to keep up a blog as well. But if you go to the homepage there, you'll see links to, uh, three recent posts, uh, that are about new ways of being either about the podcast or about awakening. And, um, and of course, there'll be much more to come in the future.
my new ways of being community is not ready for uh, access yet. It will happen. I'm hoping in the next three to four weeks. Um, uh, I've just, it's uh, going to take a, some time to get that all put into place and, and ready to go. Um, but um, but when I do that, that will be accompanied by periodic live events. So uh, th that will be coming in the future, the community and live events. And I would like to say to you, if you like what I'm doing through uh, New Ways of Being podcast and my website, please subscribe, uh, become a patron if you can. Uh, share the podcast or episodes or website or blog post with your friends or uh, anyone you know who would be interested. I think what 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 this uh, the, the information that I'm producing is important. Uh, this will help people awaken in new ways and, and begin to live life more consciously and uh, to change their lives in new ways. So, I think this is important. I hope you realize and, and see that. Um, and I hope you become part of the community. And, and uh, I hope we get the chance to meet and interact. So let me conclude by saying this. May you awaken to your true divine self. May you know great love and joy. May you know yourself as a creator within your own creation. May you experience a wonderful life with everything you desire. And may you participate ever more fully in the evolution of human consciousness.